Amen. walking with my kids, and my wife said she started praying, and all of a sudden, I started doing like this right here. I couldn't do this yesterday. I'm like, now, now, I didn't know at this time she was praying, because she said she, she started praying for me. So I start, I was walking around, we walk around the field a lot, and I started I start doing like this. I was like, oh, I can move it a little bit now. And all of a sudden, I'm starting trying to lean on stuff to see if I can, you know, you know, and just trying to see how far I can take it, you know what I'm saying? And I was taking it just, you know, as far as I can, you know. But tonight. The devil, the devil tried, but he lost again. He tried, but he lost again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I, I give honor to that because I have no pain at this moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I bless God for that. Hallelujah. 
You know, the enemy always try his best. He, he understand the words that have been coming forth in his house. And he, he knew last year great things were, were going to happen for this year. So he knew he tried to rev it up a little bit. And, and God reminded me of um, last January, January 8th, when Dad knows out, when I, I came and spoke before everyone. And I told my, uh, my flight group this just, uh, Monday. God gave me a word, and at that point in time, we, during that year, we was doing a 90-day challenge. Y'all remember that? Yes. And I had a word what came, came forth said, don't quit, you'll see it. Okay, some of y'all may not remember that word, but it's okay. It's okay. But the word said, don't quit, you will see it. All right? And I was, first I started talking about, you know, the 90-day the challenge and you know, sometimes you may not see some things going, but it's working for you and all that good stuff. But then I started, I started, I had this demonstration with Dee. And I had, I was talking about a timing route. And me and Dee, was, I was asking Dee what kind of coverage he liked. He told me he was a defensive back. He liked the man-to-man and he liked the bump and run. Because, you know, he liked to try to knock you off, you know, off your route. He tried to knock you off and get you to a point where you just quit and give up. Some of y'all remember this, right? And I, I said, Satan is the same way. He tried to knock you off because he knows exactly where you're going because he heard your word. He heard the prophecy that you got. He heard, he heard the glory that you're supposed to be having. Right? He heard all this, so he's going to do all he can to quit, make you quit. Last year, he was trying to knock us off. He was trying his best to knock us off. Now, before that, though, the month before, Dad came and he had those three words, being a flower. Not knowing why he was saying it at that moment, he thought it was just for Christmas, but as we found out, we had, we can call like a little famine in the land last year. A lot of people lost jobs, a lot of people didn't know what was going on, but if you stood and you believed in the word of our prophet, nothing was missing. Nothing was lacking. Nothing was broken. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm saying all that because now we're in 2021. Right? The devil heard the man of God say that this is the year of miracles. Right? Now, he's going to try his best. Still. I mean, because 20, 2020 gone, that don't mean that he's going to stop working. He's going to come back at an opportune time, like my girl Shante said on Sunday. He's going to try again on an opportune time to come get you again and see if you're going to quit. Hallelujah. But you must remember Romans 8, verses 18. Hallelujah. Can you, can you give me Romans 8, verses 18? And we can start with the first, with, with the NIV first. That's fine. Hallelujah. And like I said, this is just a... It's not my message, but I just want you to see, you got to realize what, what it's all about here. An enemy knows. He's going to bring, he's going to try his best to bring trials, tribulations. He's going to do that. But my Bible says in eight, Romans 8 verses 18, he says, he says, I consider, for I consider that the sufferings of this time, whew, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. 
Hallelujah. I, I, I got a couple of versions that I wanted you guys to read if you want to see. Because I want you to get this in your spirit today. All right? About what you're going through don't even compare to what God has for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, the Jubilee 2000. We have that one? Yes. It says, for I know that certainly that the sufferings of this time are not worthy to be compared with the common glory which shall be manifested in us. Now, we heard revealed and manifest. Think about John 2 verses 11. So every time I read one of these, think about John 2 verses 11. Okay? All right? Let's go, let's go to the disciples' literal New Testament. Okay, it says this. It says, for I consider that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to the glory destined, mm, destined to be revealed to or for or in us. Hallelujah. And I got kind of happy about hearing that word destined. Hallelujah. Can I think about destinations? You know, um, when I hear that, I'm, I'm, I sat there and I was like, okay, so what you're saying is, I'm God's glory destination? Meaning that the glory of the Lord is destined to be in me? I'm, his, I'm the glory's destination. You need to tell your neighbor, I'm God's glory destination. God has destined glory to be in you. And for you. Into you. Hallelujah. God's destination. Hallelujah. The passion state. Passion. It says this. I am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory. Woo. The magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. Ooh. Glory. We we talking about the word glory. Glory. That that word can also be translated in radiant beauty, <laughs> perfection, and splendor. So this is destined to us. This is destined to be shown or revealed to us. Remember, we talked about how Jesus, when he did this first miracle, how his glory was manifested and the disciples believed. So your glory, when, when the glory comes, comes and you reveal it, people are going to start believing just because of the glory that you have. If it, done, if it did it for Jesus and he's in me, and I'm, walk, and I'm walking and I'm talking and I'm living like Jesus and the glory is being revealed in me people have to start believing hallelujah and the last one I wanted, I wanted to bring out was Philip's new testimony he says in my opinion whatever we may have to go through now is less than nothing compared to the magnificent future God has planned for us magnificent future 
And we, we ain't talking about two years from now. Hallelujah. We're talking about now. The next minute is, a fu- is the future. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So just, just think about though, think about that. Put that in your spirit. Every time it seems like Satan trying, trying something. Hallelujah. Remember, you do have a testimony. Hallelujah. You need to start laughing at the devil. Hallelujah. Start laughing at him. Ha, ha. I'm still praising. Ha, ha. I'm still worshiping. Ha, ha. I'm still giving God glory. Ha, ha. You still lost again. Ha, ha. You can't beat me. Hallelujah. We got to get to a point of understanding that. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Whew. Hallelujah. Okay, okay, I can get to my message now. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Whew. So, a couple of days ago, well, a couple of weeks ago, before I knew I was going to speak, <laughs> uh, God was dealing with me about this title, this message. And um, like I say, of course, I had to eat it first. Okay? And we're going to go to Hebrews, and we're going to start at chapter 13, verse 7. And at, um, the first translation, I want to do it in the New King James Version, and then we're going to go to the New Living Translation. Hallelujah. Everybody's okay? Yes. Are y'all ready for that glory to be revealed in you, right? Yes. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Hebrews 13, verse 7. It says this in New King James. <laughs> Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith followed. Consider the outcome of their conduct. Now we're going to read that same verse in a new translation. Uh, New Living Translation. It says this. It says, remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. All right? If I had to give you a title, it's called Follow the Leader. Follow the Leader. Now, I don't know about everyone, but I remember in, in kindergarten, we used to have this little game called Follow the Leader, yeah. right? Now, I know the kids these days don't know nothing about these kind of games, because for some reason they don't go outside like they should. Punishment is going outside. You know, our punishment back in our days was we couldn't go outside. Hallelujah. But in this game, to follow the leader, very simple, easy game. It was somebody who was the leader, either moving around or doing something, and there's people behind them doing either exactly the same thing they're doing or going the same places they're going. All right? Now, it was up to the leader to make sure that they weren't going to nowhere crazy, they weren't trying to uh, get into any kind of hurt, harm, or danger, you know, and he wasn't doing nothing very hard that 
they couldn't do, the leader couldn't do. All right? So everyone was following. Come on, I'm glad you're up here, man. Come here, man. My little, my little fella. Come here, man. Good, you was needed. So say that this young man right here, my, my, my young fella, he's, he's behind me and he's walking in the same area. He's doing exactly what I do. Yeah. Everything I, I'm doing, he's doing. Everyone see that, right? If I lean this way, he lean this way. If I lean this way, he lean this way. Right? So we're moving, but I'm not getting him to a place that could hurt or harm him. Right? All I'm doing is showing walking with walking, and he's walking behind me. All right? Thank you, sir. I really appreciate that. <laughs> now, when you get a little bit older, you feel like that's just a childish game. You don't want to do what the leader is doing because you feel like you can do something else. You can do your own. You can walk your own way. You can talk your own way. You can move your own way. You can slide your own way. You can do all that on your own because, hey, I'm grown. I'm leaving those childish things behind. Not knowing that the leader has your life in his hands. God has put the leader in charge because God has already given him your destiny, your purpose, your plan. And your purpose and your plan and your destiny goes with the leader. But like I said before, we get a little older, we get a little tired, feel like we've been doing it for so long, we haven't really seen anything, we haven't really seen anything, we haven't really seen anything, so now I need to do something else. Not, not knowing, the last time you tried to do something on your own, it didn't work. You did it on your own before, for years and years and years and years. You know, you might, you, might be, you might be 40 now, and for 25, 30 years, you've been doing it on your own, and you see it didn't work. But now you've been somewhere for five years, and it's like, okay, I'm, I'm too old for it. I'm, I'm, you know, and God had to deal with me about it because, hey, once again, I'm the first fruit of this thing, man. I had to hear this because there was times. Even in my life, in our lives, that we've heard something or we've seen, but we just didn't move at the same time they moved. Hallelujah. I, I, you, know, you know, we, you know, this church right here, we know our, our aim is for everyone to be debt free. Right? Now, in 2000, I want to say 2010, 2011. When the man of God came and he was, saying, he was talking about being debt-free, our man of God took a hold of it, and the woman of God took a hold of it. And it took them a few years, but they got, got it taken care of. If we was following our man and woman of God, right, and we was all in, what can I say? We would have been, been the same way. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's about following the leader. Hallelujah. And 
like I said before, I understand. Yes, we have to know where God taking us. But God gives a leader. If you look all in the Bible, you look in the story from Genesis on down, you'll see there was a leader that was leading the people. Now, you had some who followed, and you had some who did not. The ones who followed, they either got prosperity, goodness of life, but those ones who didn't follow, they either died or they died again. <laughs> and, and I say that because the man of God who God placed, because remember, God placed them there. God knows who we need before we know who we need. So if you know that you've been broken and you know that you've been poor and you know that your, your marriage ain't been too high and you know that God placed a man of God whose marriage is flourishing, whose family is great. Not, not, not saying that it might have been like that at the beginning, but now because they worked the principles of what God gave them, everything looks great. And all it is was for us is to follow. Very simple. Just like the game. Very simple. Hallelujah. So God gave me four. And, and this is funny because I know a lot of people, a lot of times, they, they give you the, the qualities of being leaders and this and that. But you don't really hear about people saying how to be a follower. So he gave me four qualities of how to be a great follower. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we're going to start with number one, <laughs> which is find a spirit-led leader. You have to find a spirit-led leader. You can't just have a leader. You got to have a spirit-led leader in order to get what you want. In order to get what God has for you, you have to have a God-led leader, right? Hallelujah. And, and once again, if you look into the Bible, if you look at Moses, Moses was spirit-led. All right? Matter of fact, Noah, if we talk about Noah from the get-go, Noah was spirit-led. Nobody didn't know nothing about rain at that time. And his sons and his son's wives and his wife had to believe in the leader, which was Noah. They had to do the work. If Noah's working, working, he's working, everybody looking at him like, what is you building? Nobody know what, no one never heard of an ark before, you know, but he had the vision. He had everything God had already given to him, and all he had to do was work it and have the followers working it with him. So from, from get-go, leader, spirit-led leaders, all right? So if you don't mind, can we go to 1 Samuel 22, one of, one of my favorite men of the Bible. And these are not stories. These really happen. I, I, people be thinking these are fantasies and, you know, you make great movies out of them when the movie's not right because it's not word-based. You know, these, those things, these are real stories. I mean, you know, and the reason why God placed these in here so everyone can understand that 
hey, I can make it through these things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we go to 1 Samuel 1. Get there myself. Hallelujah. Um, chapter 22. I mean, I'm, I apologize. 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> All right. I'm going to get down. Okay. And it says, David therefore departed from there, escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain, or we can say leader, over them. And there were about 400 men with him. Okay? So at this point in time, David was on the run. There was men. Obviously, they must had an issue with Saul himself because, hey, what David has, even though David's on the run, David don't have anything, there's something about David that he has that he can help us with than Saul could even though he was king. Right. I, and I sat and I thought about that. I, 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 and I'm like, I wonder did they see the spirit of the Lord on David because, remember, the spirit had left Saul. So I wanted that they see a difference because at that point in time, they may have been there when Saul was anointed king. Some of them may have been there, right? But they seen that there was a difference that happened. And they seen it on David. And it was like, David, we need you to be our captain. We need you to lead us because whatever you got, we know that you'll take us to that place. Hallelujah. And, and if you look at First Chronicles, because this is, this is, the ending, okay? First Chronicles 29. First Chronicles 29. They don't fault. They don't want wars. David don't became king. Hallelujah. And look, look what the Bible says. First Chronicles, let's say 1 and 29. No, 29 and 1. Hallelujah. This, this blessed my soul. It says this. It says, furthermore, King David said to all the assembly, my son Solomon, who alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. And the work is great because the temple is not for men, but for the Lord God. So at this point in time, David has got the vision of we want to build a temple for God. Now, David couldn't build a temple because Solomon was going to build a temple. But what David could do was be able to pay for it. He can be able to put some money down on that thing. Hallelujah. Because we do know that Solomon ended up putting some money on there. But David was the beginning of this thing. All right. Hallelujah. So he said, now for the house of my God, I have prepared with all my might gold for things to be made of gold, silver for things of silver, bronze for things of bronze, iron for things of iron, wood for things of wood. Onyx stones, stones to be set, glistening stones. Woo, these are some stones glistening, hallelujah, of various colors, all kinds of precious stones, and marble slabs of ab in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affections on the house of my God, oh my God excuse me, 
I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. My own special treasures of gold and silver. So he decided, I'm finished. You know what? Not just that. I'm going to go above that. Hallelujah. 3,000 talents of gold. Now, at this point, remember, when we first talked about David, he was in a cave. He had nothing. Now, look what's going on with him. Hallelujah. All right? All right, gold. Uh, gold. Um, talents of gold. Of the gold of Ephraim and 10,000 talents of refined silver over all the walls of the house, the gold for the golds of gold and the silver for the things of silver and for the all kinds of work to be done by the hands of craftsmen. Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? Now listen to these leaders, which was his men, those 400 that, that was distressed. That was in debt, the ones what was discontented. Then the leaders of the father's house, leaders of the tribes of, of, the, of Israel, the captains of thousands and of hundreds, with the officers over the king's work, offered willingly. They didn't have nothing to remember back then, all right? They gave for the work of the house of God 5,000 talents and 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. <laughs> listen, listen to what they gave. These same ones who was broke, but because they had a leader, and they stood by their leader, and they walked with their leader. Every time David got big, they got big. Hallelujah. Um, okay, so then the house and thousands and then 18,000 talents of bronze and 100,000 talents of iron. And whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the, of the Lord and to the hand of Jehiel, the Jeshonite. Then the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly, because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord. And King David also rejoiced greatly. So when you become with a spirit-led leader and you decide to stay following that leader, at the end, when he's great, when he's prosperous, when he has abundance, when the glory comes upon him, the same thing happened to you. You become great. You become prosperous. And the glory of abundance on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But it took them time. It took time for that to happen. And, and I didn't hear about these 400 men saying, you know what? Obviously, I made a mistake. You didn't hear that. Because they already knew that that man of God right there got to be what I need. A lot of us came in here broken, hurt, down, and you know you've seen a change already in your life. And just because you haven't made it big time yet, because it is coming, that doesn't mean that you start quitting. 
You keep on doing. Hallelujah. 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 Mm. So spirit-led, spirit-led leader, spirit-led leader. Hallelujah. Number two, and I think that a lot of us have to get to this point. Forsake all and follow. Forsake all. Forsake what your mama done said. Forsake what your business look like. Forsake what you think should happen. You have to forsake all those things and follow. Because once again, like I said before, if you, if you, if it happened already for you, you would keep doing it that way. But obviously it wasn't working that way. Hallelujah. So you have to forsake that. You got to forsake your thoughts. You got to forsake your ways. You got to forsake all those things and follow and follow. Once again, God has placed the vision in the man of God's hand. And if he placed it in his hand, he didn't just place it for him. Remember, our man of God, is he, he's a visionary, not just for himself. He's a visionary for everybody in the house. Not, not just everybody of this house, but everyone who wants to have something. Remember, you remember, our man of God has this billion-dollar vision. We're going to get to a point, if we keep following that one of us say, I got a million on it. One of us say, I got a million on it. One of us say, I got two million on it. Well, that billion, ooh, he got to go a little bit more because it goes over and above that. Hallelujah. But we got to have that mindset. Whatever we do, we follow. Because our man of God is not here to just play games. He's here to lead. He's here to... to Make life abundant. Remember, he's the closest thing we have to Jesus. He, he, he hears. We don't, we don't do what he does. <laughs> we, don't, we don't start in, in the middle of the night praying and all that good stuff. That he, we, he, we don't do that. He seeks for you. He not just pray for you. He seeks. I know a lot of us don't have counseling from him. And he done told you something that you should do and something that you should not do. He didn't just say it out of his mouth. He prayed for you. He got word from God for you. But it was up to us to follow it, though. And some of us did. And some of us did. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings 19. Hallelujah. 1 Kings 19. I'm going to go to verse 19. At this point in time, Elijah was ready to go. He told God, I'm ready to go. So God told him to go anoint Elisha. Okay? So it said in verse 19, it says, So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, and who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. Therefore, so he was, he was doing his business. Right? And he was with the 12th. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left, this Elisha, left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father and my mother, then I will follow you. So everything he had going, just imagine you working, you working, you working, 
and you get one word and all of a sudden you say, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm coming to follow you. Now, you don't, you don't did this all your life. Uh, Elisha had these jokes of oxen. He's probably been working this thing all his life, but because of one word. Because the mountain now has came on him. Okay, I need to know what I need to be doing. So this right here ain't, this don't compare. This right here, this working I'm doing now to what God has for me. So you know what, Mom? I love y'all. God bless you. Deuces. I got to go. <laughs> and this how a lot, but he had that heart. Matter of fact, at the end, at the end of this, it says, twenty-one. So Elijah turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. <laughs> And bore their flesh. So he said, you know what? I'm destroying everything I even knew. Um, flesh using the oxen, um, the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people. And they ate. They, then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. Became his follower. So j- just like that, it was like, hey, this right here ain't even worth what you finna give me, God. I'll go ahead cook it up, give it everybody to eat on right now. And we know the story about Elijah. We, we, we know the story about Elisha, right? The one, the one who asked, asked Elijah, can I get a double portion of your anointing? And he followed him everywhere he went. And he had these men who kept telling him, hey, your man, your man of God for the go. And he was like, I don't want to hear what y'all saying. I'm still following him. He let the outside noise. He, he didn't even think about the outside noise because the outside noise was that's what it was outside noise hallelujah but he stayed focused on what the goal was he stayed focused on getting to the letting the glory come to him because remember it was destined it was destined he was destined he was destined to be prophet but he didn't know that until the man of God told him It was the man of God who spoke it over his life. It was the man of God who threw the mantle over his life. So don't sit here and say, oh, I know what I'm supposed to be when you ain't had a man of God to tell you, tell you something. Hallelujah. Mark 1. Mark 1, I'm trying not to get excited. <laughs> Come on now. Hallelujah. Mark 1. And we'll start at verse 16. Mark 1. All right. It says this right here. And he walked by the Sea of Galilee and saw Simon and Andrew. We know Simon is Peter, right? Okay. I just wanted to make sure because I don't think it's say Peter on here. Okay, Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, and they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, follow me, and I'll make you become fishers of men. Follow me, and I'll make you become fishers of men. And two weeks later, The next day, four hours later, no, 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 it said, and then immediately, 
they left their nets and followed him. Hallelujah. But we keep going, going down on that. It says, when he had gone a little further, from there he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. So they left their job. They left their family. They left their mama, their daddy. They left everybody they knew and everything they know. They left it all. Because they wanted to be fishers of men. Because they knew that it was something greater for their life than them just fishing for fish. It's greater, you have a greater calling than just your business. Now your business may propel you, but it's, it's something greater. God has something greater for you. If you're not able to get to the point where then they start believing, just like the glory has been revealed through Jesus, they manifested and his disciples believe. If we haven't got to that point, then we got some work to do. If our glory ain't revealing nothing, we got some work to do. But in order for that to happen, we got to follow the leader. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on down. So we done did one, we done did two. Let's go to three. Always listen and obey the commands of the leader. Whew, that's a tough one, too. Always obey the commands. I forgot to tell y'all to put listening. My, that's my fault. Always listen and obey the commands of the leader. Can we go to Hebrews 13, verse 17? I know a lot of us probably know this one. Hebrews 13. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everybody's okay, right? We, we, almost, we almost done. How about that? We go home and, and hear some more of our leader. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm. Hebrews 13. Come on, baby. I'm trying to get to it first. Come on, okay. Hebrews 13, verse 17. And it says, <laughs> obey those who rule over you. Mm. <laughs> obey those who rule over you. And be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. Yes. 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 It, it, it said very clear in the Bible, right? So they watch out for your souls. I, when I was saying earlier that they be praying for you and they're, they're, they're watching for you. You know, that shepherd to the sheep, he's watching out for you, making sure that you don't go too far. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And those who must give an account. 
So they got to give an account on you. So if, they, if they're doing wrong, God got to get them. That's why I love our man of God. I, I remember he was sitting here saying, hey, I ain't gotta worry, y'all ain't got to worry about me doing that wrong, you know, but you need to know God. Remember when he said that like two weeks ago? And I was sitting there like, nah, you, you all up in, I mean, you're not in my message, but, man, you trying to, come on, man. <laughs> you know, like, but, but he has to give an account. All right? So if he don't, if he don't let us the wrong way, God's going to have to talk to him about that. That's what happens. See, he, you know, when we went to marriage, I, I use this because um, when we went to marriage counseling, dad told us, pastor told us, forgive me, pastor told us, he said, listen, it doesn't matter what she do to you, but it's what you <laughs> It's, it's, it's what you do to her. He said, when you get up there, get there to heaven, and, you, and God talk to you about what you've done, you can't sit there and say, well, I did that because she did that. I'm going to have to give an account of how I treated her. So if I'm treating her bad, whether I feel like she deserves it or not, God's still going to get on me. Because it has nothing to do with her. It has to do with me. Pastor, if you act up and pastor start adding up, he has to get an account for that. That's why I'm so glad I'm a man of God because, man, I, man, I've seen people act up and, you know, and I've, I've heard about some things he may not even know of. But he has one of those A-loving hearts, and his conduct is so good that whether someone did something or not, we would never know. Because he's still going to come up here and preach the word of God the same way like nothing happened. Because he understands that there's still lives that is connected to him. I've listen. I've been in churches, man. Listen, I, I've I've been in churches all my life. I, <laughs> I ain't gonna talk about. It. I ain't gonna talk about it. I, but I've been in churches quite a, quite a bit of my life, and I've I've been in you know had the prophetic ministries and the apostolic ministries but I've seen men of God who will come up here and preach mad preach frustrated and you know they frustrated about something because of how their character is when they're speaking knowing that one day they're speaking praise the Lord give and then the next day you need whoa what happened? And you find out that either A, he found something about something and then he did something. He, someone told on him and, and all this stuff. And you realize he, he going to have to give an account for that. That, you, you know, like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'll get back to this. But I think about last year and a couple of years ago, 
Pastor talk, um, Apostle said that something about, he said it was going to be a year of a, a revealing year. All right? And I think about 2020 when a lot of revelation happened. A lot of, lot of things happened in churches that was revealed. Those ones who was either the wheat or the tear. You, you, got to see the, you got to see the pickings. You got to see, you got to see it. You got to see, you got to see those ones who was really with God and ones who was just there for entertainment. Even, even singers I've seen who thought that they was spirit-led, but they was money-led or mammon-led. Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to miss this concert right here. Oh, I'm going to miss this. I can't get this right here because I ain't going to be able to go there. All this stuff going on. And you see, you look at like, ah, you really not with God. A lot of stuff got exposed last year. A lot of things got exposed. And, and, and it, it, you know, and of course it hurts the real men and the real women of God because you always have that stereotype. Those ones, oh, I don't want to go to church because I seen how Pastor so-and-so did this. I seen how Pastor Lollipop did that. I seen how Pastor Juju Bean did that. I, I seen, I seen, I seen that. So I can't go to that church right there. Not knowing that that church may have your life in, his, in your hand, that one that can help you get to the place that you need to be at. But because you've heard something on the outside about what, what Pastor Juju B did. But it's like that. that I mean, that's why, you know, and, and, and Satan knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew we was getting so close to getting that glory. He knew, he knew exactly how he could try to knock everybody else out. Those ones, he have that crab mentality. I'm going to pull you down with me. I don't want you to have that glory. I don't want you to have that glory. Hallelujah. All right. Let me get back. Let me get back. Okay, so... Um, being a leader, right? We just, uh, did I finish that one? Uh, let them do also with joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable for you. Meaning, you don't want the man of God to be down and frustrated because it won't profit you at all. If, you, if, your man, if, if your man of God are down, Obviously, you probably gonna end up being like, "What in the world is going on?" You understand what I'm saying? So we want to make sure we give a, we, we want him to be able to give a great account of what we're doing. You know, he, you know, it'll be great to say for a man of God to be able to go to God and say, "Hey, my people are doing their thing here." You know, matter of fact, God, give give them something great for them, cause they doing they doing exactly what I'm telling them to do. They, 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 they following right behind me. They following me. Hallelujah. So let them be able to see the glory that you have for them. That's, 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 what, we wanna, that's what we wanna be at. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. We want to be able to sit there when we see him lay hands. We can say, okay, I'm going to lay this hand right here. Come on. When he throw that thousand, okay, I got these two thousand right here. We want to be able to get to that point. But we got to follow. All right, last one. Whew. Stay with your leader no matter what. No matter what. No matter what. Hallelujah. If you don't mind, we're going to go to 1 Samuel 14. 1 Samuel 14. Oh, man, I wanted to, I had this other story about Elisha and Elisha, but God said, no, let's do this right here. This is going to be sweet. I'm like, okay, hey, I like, I like that, you know. We at war, right? Hallelujah, we at war. Hallelujah, it's fighting going on, so, hey, we need to get ready. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, and I'm going to read verse 1, chapter 14 first, and then we're going to read verses 6. 6 through 14. Okay? Okay, so this is the first one. It says, I mean, first verse 1 says, Now it happened one day that Jonathan the son of Saul said to the man, the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistines garrison that is on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Alright, so let me let me make a picture for you. We got Prince, Prince Jonathan, okay? Prince Jonathan, who told his armor bearer, hey, we're going to go have a fight. We're going to go fight. He went, he didn't have nobody else with him but him and his armor bearer. Didn't, didn't know how many people it was going to be. All it was was him and his armor bearer. Didn't tell his daddy. Didn't want his daddy to know what was going on. All right? Then it says, goes down to chapter 6. I mean, verse 6, it says, Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. Now, listen. At this point in time, Jonathan was spirit-led. I, I don't, I don't, hold on. Let me, let me back up a little bit. Remember, we're dealing with spirit-led people. Because you're not for to go on fight in two verses, 35, 40 people. You're not for to do it because you know you, you really, if you're not spirit-led, you're really going to get it. You, you, might, you, you might not make it in the first 30 seconds. Okay? I, I'm, you know, but they, Jonathan was spirit-led. And he, he let, let him know that, hey, let us go over. He said, it may be that the Lord will work for us. Meaning that he understood that it wasn't just them two to get by alone. He said, I got some, we got somebody greater on our side. Don't care what the enemy has. We have the greatest. We have the greatest. And we ain't talking about Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. Hallelujah. So his armor bearer said, do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. This, was, this man was like, listen, you going, I got you. 
we, we going together. We ride together. <laughs> we live together. <laughs> All right. You know, no, but what it was was it did the armor bearer didn't care. His whole objective was, I'm gonna follow you. It didn't matter where you go. If you're going, if you're going to go fight, we're gonna fight together. I'm with you. I'm gonna ride with you. This is what the armor bearer was like. Hallelujah. Okay, in your heart. Then Jonathan said, very well, let us cross over to these men and we will show ourselves to them. If they say thus to us, wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and not go up to them. But if they say thus, come up to us, then we will go up for the Lord has delivered them into our hand and this will be a sign to us. Hallelujah. So, so he's going ahead and prophesying what's going to happen because he's spirit led. Now, as a, I'm, I'm, you know, if I was sitting the man, I'm a bear, I'm like, hold on. I don't know how many people they got. I don't know none of that stuff. And you see him saying that we're going to take over them. We're going to conquer them. And it's just two of us. Two, three. I don't know about that. But because he was faithful to his leader. He was faithful. He was loyal. Thank you, honey. He was loyal to his leader. It didn't matter what happened. Hallelujah. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, look, the Hebrews are coming out of their holes where they were hiding. So they said they was hiding. Okay. Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, come up to us and we will show you something. Jonathan said, <laughs> we're going to get y'all. That was saying. We're going to show y'all something. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come up after me. He gave, him a, he gave him a clear direction. Okay? He said, come up after me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hands of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees with his armor bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan. That's the Philistines. Fell before Jonathan. And he came and he came after him, which is the armor bearer. And his armor bearer killed them. That the first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men within about half acre of land. So you got two versus 20. So I was only 10% of what you got. But my 10% was greater because A, not only was God with us, but we was also on one accord. It's on one accord. Hallelujah. So that's what it means. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't, I'm going to follow you. If you say we're going here to this, this hole right here, okay, I'm going in this hole with you. Because I know that you have something that we're going to do that's going to be great. The outcome is going to be great for us because we're together and we have God on our side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, John 6, verses 59. John 6, verses 59. 
very familiar story. And I've, I've said this a few times. This is when Jesus was telling everyone that he was the bread of life. And it bothers me more than anything because you had disciples who rolled with Jesus. It wasn't just 12 of them at one point in time. It was quite a few. Matter of fact, the Bible talked about how he gave power to 70. So obviously those 70 was following him too, right? It bothers me more than anything to know that the man of God gave you power, gave you authority. You've seen miracles. You've seen signs. You've seen wonders. You know this is the real deal. And because of words, you get offended and you leave. That's a bother. Knowing that you know when you was not in the house, you was broken, busted, disgusted, things was not nowhere near the way that it is now. You was sick half the time, everything, but now you're healed, you're walking with wholeness, you, 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 got, you got a job, you, you got everything, and because you hear one word, you decide to walk it away. There's been quite a few times I've, I've heard something that bothered me. You would know that it bothered me because what God has for me through my man of God is so much greater than the word or the offense that happened. You understand what I'm saying? We have to get to a realization that the greatest, the great I, Moses, Moses, I, I, I was very disappointed in the, the people of back then, the people of Israel, who didn't get to make it to the land because they seen plagues that didn't come to them. They seen them getting fed every day when they was in the wilderness. They seen miracle signs and wonders. But then they stopped believing in their man of God for some reason. Why is that? Because, correct, they, did, they decided that, hey, A, it's taking too long, and B, you ain't saying what I need to hear. So, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to I'm I'm try to go back to Egypt where I'm just eating Whatever I was just eating, and I'm finna build these with these bricks instead of me being free. Instead of me walking into a land that's half plenty, full of milk and honey. Instead of me going through what the suffering or the offense was, instead of me going through that, because it seemed like it's too much for me, I'ma just go back to something that's even worse than me going forward. Because it was... Once again, it, it bothers to see when 
you know that you, you see yourself getting better. Everything getting good, juicy, everything good, you know, you, you, you know, prosper, you know, you know, you see that little flower blooming and everything, and then all of a sudden, because you done heard something, I got to go. That's, that's, that's disappointing. Verse, verse 59, then these things he said in the synagogue as he taught in the Cap, uh, Capernaum. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? What then if you, you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. So now I'm, I'm explaining you exactly what's going on. Okay? The flesh profits nothing. So everything that you may be getting here, you working hard for, you toiling for, it profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. And obviously, you're not, you wasn't understanding as a disciple from the get-go that he's walking by the spirit. Those disciples, when he, breathed, when he gave you the power, he gave you the power by the spirit. Not, and I didn't understand that part. You know that, hey, it couldn't have been a normal man who was able to give me authority over demons. It couldn't have been a normal man who was able to have me give power to heal, heal the sick and they recover. It couldn't have been a normal man. It had to be a spirit-led man. But now because I say something that you don't like, now you're offended. Hmm. But there are some of you who do not believe. They didn't believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning. He knew from the beginning, but he had to have some work done. So he used them. You know, when you look at it, he used them. Hey, I need, I need, hey you know what? You know, the Bible talks about how there's going to be some people who uh, going to come to Jesus and say, um, I, I, I brought people in the kingdom, I healed the sick, and he's going to say, get away from me. I, you, I never knew you. Meaning that, yeah, you did some of the work that I needed to be done in the, in the world, but guess what? Because you really didn't believe in me, even though I used you, guess what? Bye-bye, baby. Bye-bye. That's going to be real sad to know that you, you, you was used and you do not go. You, you, he used you to get somebody else there and you don't go. Ah. Whew. Okay. It says, so 65, it says, um, and he said, therefore I said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted by, by him, by my father. From that time, many of his disciples mm, went back and walked with him no more. <laughs> then Jesus said to, to the 12, <laughs> do you also want to go away? The ones that he chose, the ones he, he picked. Remember, the other ones was followers, ones who tried to follow him. 
But remember, it was 12 of them he kept close to him. And, but Simon Peter said, Lord, because they understood. Lord, now this is Simon Peter who was a businessman. He had his own business. Obviously, he, was, he was already had some kind of money already. But he said this, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And, he said, and Jesus said, did I not choose you, the 12? And one of you is a devil? Now, now listen, I'm, I'm still trying, I guess... At this point in time, I wonder did Judas already have that in his mind. You understand? Just think about it because, you know, the Bible goes, goes on. I mean, uh, John goes until chapter, I mean, I don't know what chapter he goes to, but I know it was days upon days upon days. And then the Bible said that Satan got into Judas. So I was, my, my thought was, did Judas, was it already predestined. Obviously, it had to be predestined for Judas to be the one. But I wonder, did he have, since he understood, he knew that Jesus was the living God, that he could have changed it. Remember, he had the power. He had the authority because Jesus gave it to him. And they believed in him. He was a disciple. This is just something to make you go, hmm, that's all. But they stood. So they didn't allow offense to happen. Okay? That's what I wanted to get to. They didn't allow offense to happen. Hallelujah. And now, now the last one I'm, I'm going to go with was Genesis 13. And we're going to be out of here. Amen. Genesis 13. Hallelujah. Everybody okay so far? All right. We, 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 hallelujah. We going. We going. We going. I didn't know I was going to be this long. Y'all just didn't know. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> All right. So, I wanted to get to this one right here. Okay, it says, okay, if you don't know the story, this is Abraham, Abram, at this point in time it was Abram. In chapter 12, um, God gave Abram some instructions. Remember, God will always get a leader the instruction. He'll always get a leader the vision. All right? It's just up to us to follow what the leader says or do. Okay? We follow the leader. Okay? Now, in 12, it also talks about a young man named Lot, which was his nephew, okay? At this moment, Lot had nothing. Lot just knew, I want to follow my uncle. So he left all he knew, and, and if y'all didn't know, at one point, one point in time, Abram didn't worship God. He worshiped different gods, all right? He just got a vision from the real, true, and living God. And Lot said, you know what? I'm going to forsake all that stuff too, and I'm going to follow you. Okay? So we get to chapter 13, verse 1. It says, Abram went up from Egypt and his wife and all that he had and Lot with him to the south. Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. And he went on his journey from south as far as Bethel. So now Abram went from being 
having just a few things, now he's very rich. All right? But there's some matter following him, right? And remember, if you follow, it's going to happen to you, right? All right? Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar, and he had made there at first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Lot also, who went with him with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. Now he didn't have nothing until he got with, with Abram. Okay? So now we see some success. We see somebody who's now got a little glory on them. All right? Now the land was not able to support them all because both of them was rich, very rich. All right? That they might dwell together for their possessions was very, so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram livestock and the herdsmen of Lot. Uh, Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Perizzites dwelt, then dwelt in the land. Now, let me stop right there. Now, at the end of the, I mean, at the story, a Abram tells Lot, Lot, you might need to go somewhere else. I don't want no strife between us and everything. Lot listened to what Abram said, and he left. So he allowed success to get him from stop following the man of God. Remember, it was, it was Abram who was, who, he was blessed by association. He was blessed because he was walking with Abram. Right? He was following Abram. Now, if we, if we read the rest of the story, we understand Lot went somewhere and Abraham had to end up going to rescue, rescue him. Now, someone like me, if you really, really going to be a leader, following the leader, a, a great follower, it doesn't matter what I have. doesn't matter what success I have. You was the one who was able to help me get there. I cannot leave what you're doing. I can't leave you. Because if I leave you, I understand that the things that I do have, I may not have anymore. Because I'm not getting the guidance. I'm not getting the leadership that I should have. See, I can see if Abram, Abram was died. But Abram didn't die. And he's saying that it was strife between the herdsmen. So if I was Lot, I would have told my herdsmen, y'all listen, y'all going to have to go. I'm going to fight y'all before I leave my man of God. Because it was him who got me y'all. And it's going to be him who's going to bring some other ones to me. But because we get successful, people get successful, they decide that, hey, I don't need the man of God no more. I can go and do my own thing. Because I'm there now. I done made it now. But it was the man of God who helped you get there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so, before, so before I go, just remember, hey, there's some glory God already predestined to you that, that's going to flow. But you need to make sure that you always follow what the man of God is doing and following what the man of God is saying. Hallelujah. Come on, give God praise in here. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I told you.